Hello, everybody, and welcome to OBP, the on-base podcast, presented by 641 Media. I'm your man, George Grothier, here as always with 641 Media analyst, Max Toscano. Max, how are you? You remember that video a couple years ago of Marco Rubio throwing the football around and hit that kid in the face? Yeah? Yeah, that was a funny video. So a lot's happened since the last OBP. It's been a while. Uh, like what? Like the uh, the Boston Red Sox won the World Series. Yeah, that happened in July. In July, you say? Well, this was uh, such a boring postseason. Nothing happened. I mean, the Brewers and the Dodgers won seven the games. The Brewers Dodgers series was really good. The rest of the series were terrible. I mean, one could argue. That uh, three out of the four Yankees Red Sox games were very exciting. I mean, yeah, they were pretty exciting. Yeah. Oh, I'll give them that. But like, okay, I'll give that series that. But like, fun ball. Yeah, not Do- Dodgers Braves wasn't that exciting. Um, the Astros and Cleveland. Terrible. Not that exciting. Um, the Brewers and Rockies. Not that exciting. No. The Astros and Red Sox had the, had the potential to be more exciting. But that doesn't count. That doesn't count, exactly. Um, but in all seriousness, um, congratulations to the Boston Red Sox on winning their ninth World Series title, fourth in the last 15 years. Yeah, I, I can't really, I just can't really care. Honestly, like, this, the postseason kind of, it was pretty boring. Um, I was pretty over it immediately. Although I do miss baseball. I really do. I miss, I miss checking the iPad up in the morning and looking at the stats from the night before. I miss, you know, sitting on the MLB iPad app, picking up cool pitching matchups to watch. I miss having all that stuff going on at the same time. I absolutely miss fantasy. Yeah, I miss sitting down at my laptop. At 7.05 on a Friday night, yeah. no responsibilities, and just Seven watching. Responsibilities. Yeah, responsibilities that I'm ignoring. Uh, and just watching the Yanks for a few hours, watching Sebi shut down whoever he's facing that day. Well, you've been missing that for a while, huh? That's a fair it's point. Like yeah, um, can't really argue with that. But yeah, baseball. It, baseball season is the best time of year, whether it's February and teams are just reporting when you haven't really had that baseball experience in you know four months, or it's March and games are getting started, opening day in April, getting into the dog days and the All Star break, late summer, September call ups, playoff race, postseason. Baseball is awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be the one to say it. I think I kind of don't love spring training. I think it's infuriating. It does seem like it goes on a little bit too long. I'm just waiting for the season to start. I'm watching, you know, these pitchers take the hill. I'm like, this doesn't matter. I'm just, I'm just waiting for somebody to pop a UCL. It's, it's horrifying. It's a fair point. I mean, I'm spring, spring training has been the reason for 
why my pick on Greg Bird has been off for the last two years. Because both of the last two spring trainings, he's gotten hurt in the last week after having pretty good spring trainings. And then he'll either be ineffective and then go on the DL for four months, like he did in 2017, or he'll just miss the first two months and then not be the same yeah. for the rest of the year. What happens if Jacob DeGrom pops his UCL in March? And the Mets still have three really good pitchers. Yeah, well, but it's not... Wait, who's three? Cindergard, Wheeler, and Mats. Really good? Capable of being really good. Yeah, but I mean, we're really relying on Steven Mats and Zach Wheeler being healthy. Who's saying that we're relying on them? I don't know. Like, what I'm saying is, I don't know. Maybe it's just being Mets fan, but somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody, somebody's, some team's season is going to be derailed spring training. It always happens. Yeah, and we can we can look more to that as the winter goes on. I'm excited for free. No, I'm not. Maybe she's terrible. Well, it depends on how it goes. If it goes like it did last season, last off season, it's going to be kind of infuriating because last off season it felt like it took forever for everybody to sign. No, what sucks is that I'm like, oh, you get you know. Yeah, the mouthpieces for the Will Bonds to go out and say, we're going to spend money, we believe we can win now, and then you go sign, and, and, and also, you know, the Mets are not in on Machado, they don't believe this is the guy to spend money on. Like, what are you talking about? Because 26-year-old superstars hit the market every day? I mean, Harper and Machado obviously are the big fish of the offseason. Get one of them. Get somebody great. Do, you want, do, they, do they want to win or do they want to keep lying? Because they're like, oh, we want to win now. We're going to go get the pieces we need. And then they go sign like... Jason Vargas. Martin Maldonado. Martin Maldonado is a great defensive catcher. I don't care. This team can't hit. But, oh, I mean, yeah, you can fill out your offense at other positions, but I don't trust them to. Like, who are you going to go get besides Machado and Harper? As far as superstars. They need a great bat. I mean, there are plenty of talented bats on the market. Well, I, mean, I mean, not everybody is a Machado or a Harper. Are, are you really relying on... Are you really going to rely on Michael Conforto? Or Brandon, Michael Conforto is going to be a stud, but are you really relying on Brandon Nimmo and Peter Alonso breaking through as superstar hitters? I mean, Alonso has the capability of being like a 240, 35, 40 home run guy, but... I mean, are you really going to go in and say, we're going to give this team the best chance to win now and bank on that? That's what you're going to do? Maybe sign a reliever? Who's to say? I mean, are you planning on winning all of your games 1-9? I mean, even when Jacob deGrom started this past season. Yeah, well, Machado, maybe Machado would have Machado would have helped a lot of teams, and he will help whichever team he joins. Yeah, well, I just kind of, like, if, if the Mets are going to say, we're going to go spend money, and they've been saving the past seven years, they, they sell free signed Cespedes. Go get a free agent. Yeah, how is the, uh, the Mets outfield going to shake up this year? I mean, it's probably going to be Conforto, probably Saturn, I would think, to start the year. Uh, Why not Nimmo? I think you can put Nimmo in center 
Nick Conforto or Bryant. What about Jay Bruce? Oh, I forgot. Oh. Juan Ligaris. Juan Ligaris is, Juan Ligaris is never healthy. Yo, and Cespedes. Cespedes will come back in at some point and they're probably hurt again. Left field extraordinaire Dom Smith. Okay, Dom Smith can kind of hit. But, like, he's, he's, I think, to start the year, it'll be Conforto and left, Bruce and right. Although they really are obsessed with the idea of Bruce at first. They really want it to happen. And I think it's a terrible idea because Peter Alonso's in your system and you currently don't have something. You currently have an upfield spot. So unless you're going to go and get Bryce Harper, which they're not. Let's let's turn our attention back to the free agent market. Um, Harper has been linked to, it seems like, half the teams in baseball. You know, you hear he got that... 10-year, $300 million offer from the Nationals towards the end of the season that he turned down. That's crazy. Imagine um, turning down that. I mean, I get it. It makes sense. But imagine, like, not knowing the context turning down that kind of The offer. reason why he turned it down was because it didn't include an opt-out. Opt-outs have become very popular the last yeah. few years. Um, J.D. Martinez has an opt-out after next year. Giancarlo Stanton has one after 2020. Or before 2020. I'm not really sure. I think after 2020. Uh, Masahiro Tanaka had one. Okay. David Price had okay. one. Clayton okay. Kershaw okay. had one. What, a couple of those guys aren't like the others. But J.D. Martinez, Clayton Kershaw, Bryce Harper, Masahiro Tanaka, David Price. David Price just had an amazing postseason, and yeah, Masahiro Tanaka is a workhorse. No, Tanaka's not a workhorse. Tanaka is that horse they have to constantly take to the vet. Tanaka's been healthy the last couple of years. Yeah, but the horse definitely, you know, when the vet comes out to the pasture, he's got to constantly give him some appointment for his buff. That's Tanaka. Yeah, he's yeah he's a workhorse. He's the horse that. They kept in the stable because it's now considered inhumane to put them down, which is it's fine, you know, give them a good life until they die. I'm definitely, definitely in favor of that, definitely uh, an animal advocate. But like, Tanaka is the kind of horse in the 40s that they would just like kind of, yeah. Tanaka's made at least 27 starts each of the last three years. Okay, now I'm totally wrong. I'm sorry for cutting out there for a minute. I was. Finding the stats, so I didn't uh, miss, yeah, no, no, so I didn't perjure myself. Uh, isn't that only when you're under oath? Under like, oath on a podcast, it's pretty much the same thing. No, it's not. <laughs> um. So yeah. Yeah, that's this free agent market is. It's not as good as we thought it would be. I think it's pretty good if you're looking for a leader. It's great. Uh, well, when you got names like Craig Kimbrell, Andrew Miller, uh, Adam Ottavino. I'm a little afraid of Andrew Miller. Andrew Miller could either work out great for whichever team signs him. He's going to get a big contract, too. Is he going to get as big a contract as he did last time, though? Four years, no. $36 million. No, he's going to get a nice little contract. And it might be a little, it might burn a hole in your pocket if he spends most of the deal. Is. Two years, fifteen million, out of the question for him. No, I'll give him that. You would give him that? Yeah, I'll give him that. All right, let's talk Ottavino for a second. He's because so nice. he's so good. 
he seems like he could be a relative steal on the market because he has a little bit of closing experience. He was a relief ace for the Rockies this past season. And he's been pitched more. well at Coors Field. I would give him more than I would give Miller. I think that goes without saying. It's so nasty. I don't want to be abused. There's no way that kind of stuff doesn't play anywhere. Like, if you look at his sliders, like, if when you have that, I, I, that's per, probably a pretty terrible argument. If you look at Chris Archer, who's got just a wicked slider, it's kind of terrible. So Chris Archer will get you strikeouts. I don't care. It's great for fantasy. So, that's why I screwed you in the mess. It's funny, Chris, I forgot Chris Archer was on my roster. Yeah. But Ottavino, yeah, I think he gets a three-year deal, if not four. I think he's a, no, he's not the best really on the market. He's probably two. Kimbrell, I think, will either match or exceed Wade Davis's average annual value. I think he's better. In the contract that he got last offseason with I Colorado. I think he's better. I don't think he'll beat Aroldis Chapman's total value contract, though. What's his Chapman is making 85 over five years. I mean, in terms of in terms of in terms of exactly in terms of uh, annual value, Chapman's making 17 a year. The qualifying offer this year was 17.2. Don't get Cody Allen. So if the if the Red Sox, for example, were willing to give him the qualifying offer, which they did not. Um, Did they extend me? The Red Sox? Yeah. I don't think they did. A lot of, there are a few teams that just did. Because nobody's accepting. Well, no, the thing is, a lot of teams worry, because especially in the last few years, and you saw this with uh, Hyunjin Ryu uh, yesterday, accepting the qualifying offer from the Dodgers. Some guys are deciding. Some players are deciding to accept that qualifying offer because if you're getting that much money just for a one-year deal where you can build up that value and then play and then essentially play for another big contract because you can't be offered the qualifying offer twice. Um, If you can build that up, why not take one more year with the same team and get that $17.2 million when you might have gotten – I mean, sure, you might have gotten a four-year deal – but you might only be making $12 million a year. Why not try to get that the next offseason and play for seventeen this year? Yeah, I, I don't understand why. I, I mean, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, so only one of the seven players extended a qualifying offer accepted. That, of course, was Ryu with the Dodgers. The other six, free agents. Yeah, to be signed by... To be signed by probably not the New York Mets. No, no. Except they're going to overpay for here's, here's I don't know if I predicted this in the free agent predictor, but... For those of you who don't know, uh, the analysts at 641 Media and some of our friends do an annual free agent prediction contest from the, uh, the top 50 provided by MLBTradeRumors.com. Yeah, I don't know if I predicted Cody Shaw, or Coach Brad. Cody Allen. Wait, that's it. Cody Allen? Yeah. Bri- Brian, Brian Shaw. Shaw. 
former teammates on the 2016 ALJ. I watched so many of their games. Like, I watched all their postseason games, and I still couldn't tell you who's who. Like, I could, could, could be Think about the Friday that for Shaw. a 7 8 9 in a game. Seven with the For the seventh, you got Shaw. Eighth, you got Miller. Ninth, you got Allen. No, remember, Shaw was horrible last year for the Rockies. Right. But he was nasty. But then there. you change it up. I mean, assuming full health for everybody down the stretch for Cleveland I mean, this past year, Miller in the seventh, Allen in the eighth, Brad Hand in the ninth. Yeah, they would have loved that. That's not why they lost. It's not why they lost. They were just completely overmatched by Houston. I just think they played poorly. I don't think they were overmatched. And speaking of Cleveland, Kluber, Carrasco, and Bauer all on the trade block. That's crazy. I have no idea what they're doing. I mean, Cleveland can still run away with the division next year because it's wide open. They can win, they can win any But why not build a less expensive winning team? Well, here's, here's what I'm kind of, kind of saying about this. Like, I don't know exactly. Like, when you have the rotation, a rotation like Kluber, Carrasco, Bauer, Clevenger, and you have a lineup that includes Lindor, Jose Ramirez, Possibly Michael Brantley if he doesn't get hurt again, or if he does, stays healthy again. Brantley's a free agent. Never mind. That's right. Um, still, you have a lineup with pieces like Lindor and Ramirez, and a rotation with those guys, and a bullpen that has some pretty decent pieces. There's no reason you can't. Don't forget about All-Star Jan Gomes. Yeah, well, some people are also some people still grads. Um but still, they are. They, there's no reason for them to be thinking sell off yet. I mean, I appreciate that they aren't sitting back and waiting too long like a lot of other teams do. Um, but at the same time, you, go, you know, you kind of have to go for it. You've got some horses on that team that can win you baseball games. That can win you baseball games, but are the Indians good enough to beat the Yankees, Red Sox, or Astros yeah, why not? In, a, in a playoff series next year. It's baseball, but the thing is, with baseball, as opposed to something like the NFL, you get that extended look over the course of a five- or seven-game series the to show that which team is really the better. The 2006 Cardinals won the World Series. They were horrible. The 2013 Red Sox won the World Series. Bad teams have won the World Series. Worst teams than what the Indians would field. The last three years have seen a 100-win team win the World Series. Okay. Okay. They could win 100 games. I think they might. Not to sell Kluber. Granted, I don't know. I think that selling... Is the right idea? No, not yet. Give it a year. What, I think. One I think time. one of them. I think maybe Carrasco might be. I'm not entirely sure. Is he a free agent? I think one of them might be a free agent after next year. Okay, then yeah. Then, well, if, I mean, if it's Carrasco. But the thing I mean, is, he's good. He's replaceable. Well, that's the thing. I'm not sure if it's Carrasco, but if these guys are still this far removed and you've got a wide open division that you could win. That you will win if you hold on to your pieces easily. You could still win it with a less expensive team. Okay, but you're not going to win the World Series with a less expensive team. And there's no point in winning the division if you're going to go 
you play into the playoffs. What do you want to be, like the Sharks? Or the Capitals until last year? Or, uh, I don't really watch the NBA. What do the NBA teams do? Or, uh, who? Toronto, Toronto Raptors. Yeah, the Raptors. I wouldn't want to be the Raptors. You want to be like. No offense to uh, our, our friends Pat no, and offense, Shady. No offense. The Raptors are awful. Toronto's courts are terrible. Um, the the Eastern Conference leading uh, Toronto Raptors. Everything in the NBA happens by accident. It's terrible. Um, yeah, what do you want to be like? The Colts with Peyton Manning until they won the Super Bowl? Remember those teams? They constantly. They constantly won their division and then lost to Brady in the playoffs. That's fair. I miss those games. I miss those snowy Colts-Patriots games with Manning and Brady. I grew up on those games. I grew up watching the Colts and the Patriots every year in the AFC title game. It was so it was so great. And then when you got some like the Ravens and the Patriots and all that garbage. Remember when Billy Cundiff missed like that seven foot kick? Yeah, I do. Billy Cundiff, what a mess. Yeah. Um. So let's talk. Uh, let's talk free agents just for another minute. I'm gonna say a name. You tell me. Not even based on your picks in the contest. Because I have no idea what picks. You tell me who you think goes where. All right, I'm going to shoot off a name. You just say first team that comes to mind when you think of that player. Harper. Cubs. Machado. Phillies. Corbin. Yankees, easily. Keuchel. Uh, Mariners. Interesting. I don't know. Somebody picked it. I forgot who it was, but it makes a lot of sense. I think it was Pat. It makes a lot of sense. I like it because they need a pitcher and some kind of guy. Pat picked Harper to the Mariners. Yeah, well, that's that's stupid. That's never gonna happen. They're not gonna shell out fifty-one years, ten trillion dollar for him. He's gonna want it. So Scott Morris is a Scott Morris not really the client. Good. No, the thing is with Harper, and I meant to bring this up a few minutes ago when we mentioned the uh, the offer he got from Washington. Negotiations for Harper, especially with Scott Boris as, as his agent, I wish I could be there. Are going to start at ten years and three hundred million. This sounds like so much fun. Because Scott Boris is going to come in and demand the Federal Reserve, and like the Mariners are going to say, "We'll give you free Starbucks for a month." Well, the thing is, you got to wonder about Scott Boris because he he always over, the guy's a shark. he always oversells his clients. Well, but he's this what agents do. But what do you mean, but that's what an agent does. They're not supposed to go and say, look, my client sucks, he's not worth that much. Well, then you got a guy like David Robertson who's res- who's literally representing himself in negotiations well, this offseason. Like it doesn't seem like a problem to me. He knows what he's worth. Teams will know what he's worth. Okay, is he a skilled negotiator? Why, why have the middleman who would take a cut? Why don't all players follow this example and self-represent? Because they aren't. Because they aren't savvy enough to negotiate with. Well, I'll with take I'll take I'll take a, a case. They're from, athletes. I'll take I'm a, not saying athletes are dumb, um, but what I am saying is that these guys have dedicated their lives 
to sports. And those guys have dedicated their lives to twiddling people out of money a bit. I no, will... Not exactly, but you know what I mean. I, you have too much experience with the New York Mets. No, the Mets... The I, Mets I will take... The Mets swindle only their... They don't, they, they don't swindle their fans out of money. I'll take a recent really? example and say that when Dellen Batensis went to arbitration a couple of years ago requesting $3 million from the team, the team... Or no, requesting $5 million from the team, the team countered with $3 million. Um, I personally wondered at the time why they didn't just meet at the middle with $4 million. Uh, they went to arbitration. Of course, everybody knows what happened between Batensis and president of the team, Randy Levine. Uh, Dellen said that he would reevaluate things when he hit free agency, which he will after the 2019 season. He's going to resign a lot. Could be. Um, it's it's interesting to see what's going to happen with this Yankees bullpen um, with Robertson and Britton as free agents. Um, could we see the Yankees bringing back either of them, maybe a reunion with Andrew Miller or going out and getting like an Ottavino type? Or do they play it safe and roll with Chad Green and Jonathan Holder? Maybe bring back Adam Warren, who they traded to Seattle in midseason. I like Adam Warren. He's good. I've always liked Adam Warren. I was I was upset when the Yanks traded him to the Cubs a few years ago for Stalin Castro. And then they brought him back in the Chapman deal, of course, and the rest is history. Oh, such a... I mean, everybody's like, oh, the Cubs don't win that without Chapman. Maybe. I mean, the Cubs win it sooner without Chapman because he gave up that home run to Rajay Davis. That's right. And Mike Montgomery got the final out of the 2016 World Series. Mike Montgomery is one of those players I'm going to mention in like 15 years. Out of nowhere. Could be on another episode of OBP. Yeah, like, I figured out which baseball. I was talking about somebody that was just mediocre. Oh, uh, what's his name? Brian Shaw. No, Brian Shaw's mediocre, but he's current. Who's the guy who played for the Orioles? It's not Jock Gibbons, but Brian Gibbons? Or which one is the manager for, was the manager for the... He was, this guy was in the, like, I think he was involved in the ball field investigation. He's a manager now? No, no, there was a different guy. No, his last name was Gibbons. I remember because I got a Michael card. Gibbons? I don't know. He plays now. No, it's a different guy. I'm over it now. But... Brian, Brian Roberts? No, I, I was bringing up... I was seeing a random baseball Melvin player. Mora? That's one. He was good, though. He was pretty good. He was... He, Third baseman for the O's. Maybe... Not maybe, but... Miguel Tejada was really good. Like, once... Those Orioles teams of the mid two thousands. There's an additional bottom players I think of that were good for like two years. Eric Bedard. Travis Hasmer. Grady Sizemore. Um Grady Sizemore, it's been a little... Remember Eric Bedard struck out like nine hundred bats one year? Placido Polanco. No, he was never good. He was on that Phillies team that won it all in two thousand eight. Yes. And then he or no. Yeah, he was on the two thousand eight team, I think. Yeah, and then he was he was, 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 he was for sure. I'm pretty sure he was there. Where? Where was he start? Third base. No. There was that other guy. Peter Feliz. I don't know. I don't. I can't remember who played third base. This is this is some good nostalgia happening just by accident here no, on MVP. No, it's not good nostalgia. That sucked. 
We're remembering the uh, the mediocre of the mediocre. Well, they're not really mediocre because another one I was thinking was Ben Sheets, and he was awesome for like two years. Ben Sheets. What about uh, former NL Cy Young winner Brandon Webb? Oh man, I think about him a lot actually. Because when I think about Matt Harvey, like that Matt Harvey is basically a higher market, you know, more personality driven Brandon Webb. Yeah, Matt yeah, Harvey, another free agent. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care where he goes. And speaking of free agents, uh, I checked into the contest. You had Cody Allen going to the Los Angeles Angels. Whoops. No, that, that kind of makes sense. I still think the Mets are going to oh, irresponsibly pay for it, though. It's, and then just show them to the fans and say, look, we're winning. Could they bring back Jerry's Familia? That would make more sense. I mean, you know that he can pitch there until it gets to be October. Yeah, but... Yeah. Fine, let's just get Andrew Miller. Wait, who cares? We're not getting October anyway. I mean, did, we, value, did we expect game. them to be in the playoffs in 2016? Yeah. When they lost to the Giants in the wildcard game? Yeah, no idea that they everybody. Because they were just coming out of World Series appearance with all that game pitching. Everybody thought they were going to go through the National League. I will say the 2016 National League wildcard game might be one of the best games I've ever watched. One of the best I've ever been to. And Matt's here was at the game. It was the second best baseball game I've ever been to. What was the best? Game 7 the 2006 NLCS. When Adam Wainwright locked up Carlos Beltran with that nasty curveball. Yeah, or Andy Chavez reached his like 41-foot arms over the left field wall. You're not one to shy away from exaggeration, are you? Dude, that, that guy is just... You know he played for the Bridgeport Bluefish for a while after that? Fun fact. They're gone. Yeah, they, they, they moved away. Fun fact. Um, I went to the first ever Bridgeport Bluefish game when I was a year old. Damn. Yeah, my dad worked in the uh, in the ticket office in, in That's pretty cool. Uh, public address when the Long Island Ducks played their home games there. That's, that's pretty but yeah, cool. the first like two years of my life, I was around the uh, the ballpark at Harbor Yard, which now is being turned into a concert venue. Way better. Really? It, it, it's a better thing yet, but way better. I loved that ballpark. I liked it too. Oh, I loved that ballpark. We're getting really nostalgic today. I like going. I still like going to Soundtrackers game. I I I love to go when the Wolfpack are in town so I can see the Rangers prospects. But although. Hockey nowadays, most of the prospects are overseas from playing in juniors. So, yeah. Like, I have to go to the KHL to see the rate, two of the Rangers' best prospects. That's and right. I'm not going to Moscow. <laughs> well, could happen. Or St. Petersburg. I might go to St. Petersburg. Let's, uh, let's, let's talk for a minute about uh, the first couple of MLB awards that were announced the last couple of days. Uh, as we look to almost wrap up this episode of OBP. Rookies of the Year announced last night, Monday night. Shohei Otani, Ronald Acuna. I went 0 for 2 on those picks. I had Andujar and Soto. You had Soto because he was on your fantasy roster. I also had Acuna for most of the year. Oh, that's right. You traded him. I did. For nothing. I don't remember who I traded him for, which means it was probably for nothing. Um, again, you fantasy. Involved fantasy James, I don't, you involved James Paxton. No, that was an earlier trade. No, no, it wasn't. It, it, it was. Anyway, um, 
You wind up after that. That was earlier in the year. Okay. I'm not going to argue with you about this. Um, Yeah. So call this what you will. I think the fact that Shohei Otani missing weeks and weeks and weeks with a torn UCL um, makes me wonder why Gary Sanchez didn't win the award two years ago. Was it really and weeks and weeks and weeks? He missed, I think, all of July and part of August. So if not weeks and weeks and he's weeks, still, if still, not weeks and weeks and weeks, at least weeks and weeks. He's still got, he's still got like 25 home runs, and they had like a bunch of RBI. I think he had 22 home runs. That's pretty good. And he had a 925 OPS, and he threw 50 innings of pretty non baseball. Miguel Andujar had over 90 RBIs, almost 30 home runs. Tied the American League rookie record for doubles. Now, how many batters did Miguel Andujar retire? I think a lot of the reason why Otani won the Rookie of the Year this year was the novelty. I think bringing in the first guy since Babe Ruth to hit 15 home runs in a season and throw 50 innings. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It is pretty cool, but I still think Andujar had the better overall season. I mean, I like the jig and hitting you guys that could do both. So, sign me up for Tommy. I think that, I don't know. I, th- I think it's I think it's probably because of the novelty, but I honestly, honestly, I'd be willing to give it. I get it. I understand it too. I and uh, I feel like Glaber Torres was honestly kind of overlooked in this race. No, he wasn't, because... He did miss some time also, no, he, and he came back and was kind of ineffective. It wasn't that he just missed time, it was that he came back, back in what you would try and celebrate an automatic strikeout. That's a fair analysis. He was, a, he was basically an NL pitcher. That's a little bit of an exaggeration, but again, you're not one to shy from exaggeration. He hit a bunch of home runs. He's a very good He's a very player. And there's a decent chance he ends up the best of all of the rookies. There is a decent chance of that. Um, I, I think I some think some might give that some might give that title to Ronald Acuna though. Yeah, I think it's going to be. I think the three best rookies in like five years are going to be Walker Buehler, uh, Ronald Acuna, and Glaber Torres. You know who I wanted to see get some Rookie of the Year love no, in the National League? Don't, no, don't say it. I'm going to say it. Brian Anderson. No, it's, no, he just played a lot. He played. He finished fourth in the race. He shouldn't have. He, did he finish ahead of Jack Flaherty? Yes. That's stupid. That's inane. Jack Flaherty is pretty good. He's much better at pitching than Brian Anderson is at everything else. Brian Anderson was hitting around 300 for no, a lot of the year. For, for a while, he ended up hitting like 270. That's what Glaber Torres ended up hitting. Yeah, Glaber Torres had like 20 home runs. That's fair. Um, and on the American League side of things, Joey Wendell placed fourth in the American League. Yeah, that was, there was a total drop off. He got a few down ballot votes. He got a couple of second and third place votes, I think. Oh, that's a mistake. I don't know. He had a pretty good year for Tampa Bay, yeah, which Tampa Bay, which had a, a surprisingly good year, segueing into managers of the year. Kevin Cash didn't win it. Of course he didn't win it. They didn't make the playoffs. That's kind of almost Still, a 
90 wins while rolling with an opener in most of the games. It's, it's still a prerequisite to make the playoffs. I feel like in this day... I couldn't take a like In this day and age, day and age, I think that it is a prereq. It's a prereq. For teams to make the playoffs, for their managers to be considered. 2006, Joe Girardi's Marlins didn't make the playoffs, and he still won Manager of the Year and got fired. That's crazy. Manager, Manager of the Year got fired, what? spent the next year as an analyst on the Yes Network, got hired by the Yankees, and the rest is history. Not yet. He might get hired somewhere else. The rest is history. It's crazy that he's not a manager right Yeah, Joe Girardi, the fact that he's not the first name mentioned for any managerial opening is surprising. I mean, usually the first names you see being mentioned are the current team's bench coach or... Or mediocre players from 2005. The new Twins manager, Rocco Rocco Balbelli. Balbelli, Kevin Cash. Kevin Cash. Craig Council. Craig Council, National League Manager of the Year. Congratulations to him. Craig Council. Oh, wait, no, it's Brian Snitker. Wow, my mistake. Uh, that was a very close race. I, I do apologize for misquoting that. Um, Craig Council, of course, led the Brewers to their first National League uh, playoff appearance since 2011. The Braves? Brewers. Oh, Brewers. That's not true. Brian Snitker led the Braves to 90 wins and a division title. Yeah, well, I mean... And a four-game four exit in the first round to the Los Angeles Dodgers. Yeah, Council deserved it. It's crazy. That was kind of crazy. Still, Brian Snicker going from interim manager after Freddie Gonzalez was fired now, keep in mind the thing about last Snicker's, year. Snicker uh, was given a roster that was a year away from being a playoff team. And he made it a playoff team. Year. That's what was so good about what Jamari did in his last year. It was crazy that... He's, he left. Did they fire him or was it like mutual? Um, his contract expired and Cashman and Steinbrenner and company decided they not to Aaron renew Boone. it. They didn't decide immediately that they wanted Aaron Boone, but they decided that they wanted a mediocre. They wanted. They wanted somebody new, a fresh face, to go in with this, you know, baby bomber era, with the likes of Enduhar and Torres and Severino, and even Sanchez and Judge. Max is just going to keep listing players. Um, so now, as we uh, as we wrap up this episode of OBP, we have a special. That's a very good question. We have a special announcement here at the end of our uh, our November thirteenth episode of OBP. Uh, in just a couple of short weeks, the uh, the team here at Six Four One Media, me, Max, and Patrick Melbourne. We'll be in New York City interviewing the commissioner of Major League Baseball, Rob Manfred. And uh, we're going to be talking about who knows what with the, uh, with the commissioner. Probably we are, baseball. Probably baseball. Um, and you might throw a Broadway reference in there. Certainly possible. He, uh, he is up for an extension. It is expected that the owners will approve. Uh, a five-year extension for Commissioner Manfred. He's done, a good job. He's done a fantastic job. We are so excited to get to talk to him. Um, so stay tuned. That episode will be out sometime before the holidays, sometime before 
Max and Pat and I head into uh, head into our finals here. Ugh. So, uh, I think Pat's school does have finals, yeah. I know they have finals, but what Probably right around the same time. So yeah, OBP takes New York, takes Commissioner Manfred. Uh, wow, that was terrible. Yeah, it was. We are very excited, and we can't wait to share that episode with you. Uh, we will be recording December 7th, so stay tuned right around December 7th, December 8th. We'll have that episode out to you. It should be very fun, and we're looking forward to it. Final thoughts? Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be so much fun. All right. Have a good night, everybody. This is George Growth here, Max Toscano, signing off for OBP, the on-base podcast. See you later.